Welcome, wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers and orcs, to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 47. The Whoop Whoop Troop is on the move. In episode 45, the party left Merchant Harbor headed east in the direction of Crow Island's fabled mines and the mysterious tower of a wizard named Maddox, who was once one of the original heroes to charge into the mines to fight the monsters decades ago. During the journey there, what did Bunny find in a little leather pouch hanging from a tree branch, Dion? Oh, I wish I could tell you. Oh, it's a secret. He can't. He can't tell you. Anybody? Anyone? Uh, I'm resetting an egg. What? I, it's not an egg. No, I've gotten no, so many eggs. Egg. I think this, I got all the eggs. This does not ring a, a bell with me. Oh, see, no, it was a coin. coin. Oh, yeah. That's right. A paracoin. A paracoin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it winked. It winked at you, mm-hmm. and then it disappeared. It gave you a blessing. And I know that I said in in that episode, I said that it expired like at the 24 hour mark yeah. or something. But uh, I'm gonna retcon that. It's a it's a handy one d4 buff for a single die roll on an attack or ability check or saving throw. But it's your deity. It does not have an expiration. Okay. So you can oh. use that one time though, and that'll be good. It's like a little mini bardic inspiration. I was literally just thinking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clubhead met a little green and red fungus named Fritz, yeah. which happens to be the title of episode 46. Oh. <laughs> you remember that? Fritz was that, an asshole. That interaction was fun. Yeah. Yeah, how did how did Fritz sound again? He sounded like this, you know, <laughs> like uh, go piss up a rope. <laughs> <laughs> he was a dick. Yeah. yeah. I hope Fritz has relatives, because I would love to meet some of them, you know? Yeah, the Fritz family, for sure. Well, I don't think they're going to like me, because I'm pretty sure I killed Fritz and its entire little colony there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, you used uh, Chill Touch to, like, obliterate him. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you didn't deserve it, though. Yeah. yeah. He lied oh, to you about something. He said he had seen a fish one time. Yeah. And anyway. He... Untrustworthy fungus. He wasn't just growing in shit, he was full of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wendell brought his new undead friend along on the trip. Uh, do you have a nickname for the zombie Calicroak Jack? Uh, yeah, Croaky. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Uh, you've got him like in the wagon. He was under a tarp, and he kept moaning. I remember that you you were kept calling calling him names and telling him to shut up. He was very distracting. I I kept rolling badly because of him. Yeah. I think I got yeah. a better nickname for him though, Aaron. If you if you want to change it. What? Uh, Cal, how about Calicroaked Jack? Uh, oh, you beat me dead. to it, Emery. I was gonna say the same <laughs> thing. I can't take credit for it, though. I didn't come up with it. I did. That's cool. Nope, I'm gonna call him Croaky. Thanks. <laughs> I like Croaky. It's simple. It's elegant. Yeah, Calicroaked is really, like, hard to say, and I won't want to do that. <laughs> all right, all right. True. Every time That's I talk fair. to him, like, hey, Calicroaked, get over here. This is gonna such a mouthful. It's like, I burn way too many calories. Yeah, like, hey, Crokey. I like it better, Brad. I think it's good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
you guys continued onward and you dropped in on Farmer Kyle. Aaron uh, Wendell reunited with his Minotaur friend, Sweet Jude Gunnis. You know, she was orphaned and raised by dwarven miners, and that's what brought her to Crow Island. She cooked for the family of dwarves and spent time in the mines. And being a Minotaur, she has this labyrinthine recall and can perfectly remember any path that she's traveled. When you learned this on your first visit to Kyle's farm, you asked her if she would accompany you into the mines, and she adamantly declined. But you said, how about drawing us a map? And at first she was like, no, no, I don't want anything to do with it. But then she gave some thought to your request, and when you guys stopped back to see Kyle, she handed you this piece of cloth on which she embroidered and stitched a crude map. And I'm going to show it to you guys. I'm going to put it on the website too. Oh. RatedRPGpodcast.com. So here's the the crude map that's been stitched oh. into a piece of cloth. It's beautiful. Oh. Isn't it really difficult to understand? Yeah, it's like not exactly what I would have expected for a map. It's like a bunch of little... X's arranged in a row. Huh, okay. Yeah, it's like an embroidery. Yeah. <laughs> what? Sure. I'm sure it'll make sense once we get in there. Bad and right. Okay. All right. Yeah, there's there's a couple of arrows. Uh, yeah, you guys are picking up some of the words that are stitched into it. But we'll, we'll get to that maybe, like you said, when we get into the mines, if we get there. Also... Kyle told you something about the earthquakes and their effect on the crops on Crow Island. Brad, do you remember what he had to say about that? Yeah, it makes everything grow profusely really quickly. Yeah, after a quake, the crops grow exponentially and they mature super rapidly. So they have to harvest almost immediately after an earthquake. Which was unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being like, how is this the first time we've heard of this? This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. You, you've only been on Crow Island for like three or four weeks. So it's it's you, you've not been there for very long. And you don't recall this being the case in Merchant Harbor. Like when yeah. there was an earthquake, you know, that you didn't notice that the yeah. plants grew faster or anything. So maybe it's just in the valley of Green Gold instead of, you know, Merchant Harbor. Okay. But what, what would that mean for the people here, you know? Right. Well, it means that they would want to be very protective of it. Like, they would want to keep it around because it has amazing effects on the crops. Yeah. Uh, it could allow them to flourish economically if yeah. they could control it and if it wasn't dangerous. And that's a big if because, I don't know, maybe this is using some meta knowledge, but I am aware that things that can have too much positive energy, too much growth, can actually lead to some pretty horrific effects on living creatures. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like cancer, for example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so you, guys, you guys have some new information. You have some things to work on. Uh, Jude Gunnis also gave you some pies in addition to the map. And uh, there were like, what, a blueberry? Uh, was it rhubarb maybe? I don't recall. There was the lemon one, but, uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. She made you like a lemon crumble or something, didn't yeah. she? Oh, man, that sounds good. Oh, yeah. It does. Eat the hell out of a lemon crumble right now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that lemon crumble up. <laughs> <laughs> you guys push on for about four more hours before making camp for the night. It's really super quiet 
and you plan for the worst. Wendell dug a moat around the campsite and Silbeth put sharpened stakes in it and Clubhead took watched duty with Crokey. But as good fortune would have it, the night passed without incident. And as the sun rose over the snow-capped peaks of Silver Mountain, Wendell noticed that the Rod of Undying had recharged a little bit more and now has a full six charges, enough for casting true resurrection. Wow. But what else did Wendell notice about the Rod? Do you remember? Yeah, I got it written down. If the last charge is used, there's a 50-50 chance the Rod will explode in your face. <laughs> yeah, there's a price for spending that last charge. You also saw an arcane symbol on the rod, you know, because like a wizard will put their arcane symbol on their spell book. That's right. And this one was a crescent moon with a star on it. It's like, a, you know, the wizard's logo who made it, I guess. Well, after a nice breakfast, thanks to uh, Silbeth hunting some pheasants, you guys rode on for another five or six hours. And as you get closer yet to the mines, there are fewer farms and homes. And the road here isn't used very much, so it's in pretty rough shape, but you know the road goes to the mines. And then there's another road or trail that leads south a few miles to the wizard's tower, you were told. So to get to the tower, you kind of have to go to the mine entrance anyway, because that's where the road is. Now you heard there's this old Flark Mining Collective storage building just outside the entrance to the mines, and you learned that the building there had been magically sealed Brad, what was the password? Uh, it is uh, Skull's friend that I'm blanking on at the moment. Uh, Barnaby. It, it was Barnaby. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes. Skull's friend Barnaby. You got there. The first thing you noticed, the enormous stone sliding doors of the mines were not closed. They were open with like a couple of meters. The uh, large stone building, not far from the entrance to the mines, had a set of large double doors and they were closed with a large, thick chain and lock on them. And leading from the storage building into the mines are a couple of sets of long, neglected, rusty minecart tracks. There's weeds and there's grass growing all around, so it kind of obscures them. I probably didn't even mention them as you approached that building, but you can see those. You see the tracks, they continue into the darkness of the mines, as well as into the storage building under those big doors. And the storage building is like 30, 40 feet in size. Uh, it's kind of like a big square. The walls are all made of stone. They're expertly fitted together. There's no windows. The roof of the building is timbers and shale tiles, but you can see there are a couple of little holes in the roof. Now you spoke the word Barnaby. The large lock on the storage building doors popped open and that left just the big chain, which all of you needed to cooperate to lift it off the hooks on the door and remove it which you did, and then you got the doors open, you immediately opened them, you saw that the minecart tracks lead inside of this little building before splitting off into like four separate rows of tracks on which about a dozen minecarts sit in like various stages of disrepair. So this is like where they would put the minecart tracks and then you can see maybe there's some other stuff in this building too. There's not a lot of light in there because there's, you know, a few holes in the roof and the light coming in from the doors you just opened, but that's it. So who has dark vision amongst you? I do. And I do. Yeah. I must have it, right? I'm a wombat folk. You don't. What? You rely on your sense of smell oh, underground. That's right. 
I'm sure I don't, but do I have an item? Yeah, Bunny does not have dark vision. <laughs> He's a human. I do got a bunch of torches, apparently. Yeah, I don't think you lit one quite yet, but you have them if you want to light one. And Crokey also has dark vision. I think. Because <laughs> he's a zombie? Uh, good question. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Wendell hasn't asked him, so you don't know. Ask him. <laughs> I can't talk to a zombie. They don't they know how to talk. They do have dark vision. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, he said he does. He can do it. <laughs> Thanks, Crokey. <laughs> All right, so those of you who have dark vision, you can see a little further into this building. And you see there's some mining equipment there hanging on racks and on shelves and maybe some blacksmithing equipment. It's further back into this building. You'd have to enter to see it. There's also all kinds of spider webs and cobwebs everywhere in there. And Clubhead, Silbeth, and Bunny, you guys snuck in pretty well. Wendell, you bolstered yourself <laughs> with false life, and then you used the the rare magical item, the, the Rod of Undying, to bang on the doors. <laughs> Why? The classic technique used to lure zombies out of buildings. <laughs> yes, by idiots. Why would you... Why would you go into the building and get trapped by the zombies? Instead, you smack, uh, make a lot of noise, and then they come running, and you ambush them. Smart. Apparently, you didn't realize we'd been sneaking. <laughs> I was busy uh, giving myself false life. Whoops. He's, he's oh, also using paying the, attention. He's using the other classic zombie defense, which is to put your friends between you and the zombies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that way you just yeah. have to run faster than your friends. Yes. Exactly. Alligator rules. Yeah, I mean it's really it's really the most sound strategy. Let them go <laughs> first and then bang on pipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Silbeth, of course, was already on pins and needles, so an emotional level uh, was achieved. <laughs> yes. And a couple of them actually. I think the next time you experience strong emotions, Brad, uh, Silbeth's wild magic surge is like three right now, and if you experience another one, you're going to be a 20% chance of a surge. Wow. That's right. That's too much. Fireball. Yeah, it's a lot. What emerged from under some tarps at the back of the building when you guys went in? It was not one, but two skeletal turtles. Skeletons. 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 I am skeleton. That was where we left off. So roll initiative. Oh, let's get it. <laughs> oh, that's crusty. Okay. Aaron, you have control over Crokey, so you yeah. can manage Crokey. Bunny's going to be up first. You had asked Dion if you could do, like, the Storm the Ring move. Yeah, I was just making sure I could activate it with the move at least 10 feet, so I get that additional plus five bludgeoning yeah. damage. But obviously, they're far enough away. Now, the question is, I only got 30 feet of movement. Can I move 30 feet and use throw a thing with the plus five bludgeoning attack so I don't have to use extra movement? Yeah, let me set the stage a little bit okay. here so that okay. you can kind of get a picture of what you're looking at here. Now, you've got these two skeletal skulls, skeletal turtles. The last time you fought an undead skull, it was a zombie and it was susceptible to cold damage, but these are skeletons. You know from previous combat that skeletons are vulnerable to bludgeoning damage, but these skeletons also have turtle shells, which provide armor 
and one of them is wearing a rusty helmet. You don't know if that's going to play into armor or not for them, but these skeletons are also holding weapons. The helmeted skull is wielding a warhammer, and the other one has a great axe. The interior of the Flark Mining Collective Storage Building is longer than it is wide. Like I said, it's going to take you more than 30 feet of movement to get to them, going first in the turn order. There's a roof overhead, about 15 feet up is where the beams are. There's spider webs everywhere in which hang desiccated spider silk wrapped birds, rats, and small rodents. It's probably not like immediately apparent to you if these webs are currently occupied by spiders but they cover much of the interior of the building, so avoiding them would require some effort. There is moth-eaten, shredded canvas hanging down from a few of the beams, and the minecarts, barrels, and other objects providing potential further cover so anyone in the room gains a plus two to their AC versus ranged attacks. And there's a lot of places to take cover if you wanted to do that yourself. If you have dark vision, that's really gonna help you with perception checks, but if you don't have dark vision, that's where that comes into play. There are about a dozen minecarts in disrepair lined up on the four separate rows of tracks, uh, a little bit of light coming in through the holes in the roof. All right, yeah, that's pretty much it. There's some tools and workbenches and things everywhere, so if you're looking for something to grab, pick up, and throw, you have plenty of options. Hell yes. Yeah. So instead of running straight at the heavily armored skeletons, um, can I run towards some sort of cover and then chuck the heaviest things at these guys a couple of times just to chip them down as they walk towards us? Absolutely. Running behind a minecart that is tipped over on its side, Bunny, you see there's a whole row of pickaxes. Not just pickaxes, but the heads of pickaxes that have been broken off and are laying on the ground next to like a forge where someone would have repaired them but now they're just easy, throwable, heavy things to hurt people with. Oh, fantastic. All right, so I'll pick up the first one and I'll say, heads up, haters, pow! And then I'm going to normal roll. Does a 13 hit? Oh, weird. I don't know why that just showed up the way that it did, but why don't you go ahead and roll it again? You know what, it's a little dark in here, boys, but don't worry, real roll is roll high. Uh, 22, you bitch! <laughs> so you're throwing at the one that's closest to you, which is the skeleton without the helmet. And because he has partial cover, his armor class is pretty high. So the first time you throw one of these pickaxe heads, it just clangs off of a barrel next to him. But the second one, you're able to take even better aim, and with a 22 to hit you do hit this skeleton with the pickaxe head, which is bludgeoning damage for a total of 18 bludgeoning damage. Congratulations. Nice. Oh, More than expected, all right. All right. Um, do I still have my uh, bonus action? Yes, you do still have your bonus action. I'm gonna activate an ice cold point for the next turn because I'm pretty sure I can't use it this time. Yeah. I said, what's cool and being cool? Yeah. Then I'm all hyped up and stuff. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you using it as the defensive or offensive? 
I was gonna use it offensively, but since I did the bonus action, I wasn't sure if it'd give me another two attacks right away. What ability is this? It's basically like doing the key point of the monk. Essentially, that's what the ice cold points are. Oh, okay. And so you're trying to do a uh, a flurry of blows, essentially. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. But you'd also you'd be uh, throwing them, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Since Bunny doesn't have any weapon proficiencies, he's only proficient in improvised weapons and unarmed strikes. So it works for improvised weapons and unarmed strikes only, because he doesn't have any weapon proficiencies. So that's how that works. But if you were doing it as a defensive. Also, I mean, depending on how close they are, it might be better to do defensive. I'm not trying to die twice in the same season. <laughs> no, no, no. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't expect you to. Uh, yeah, but that would be unprecedented, though. Oh, my goodness. Can you There's imagine one. the Discord? Good well, Lord. But, I mean, think about this. If you die again, you might find an even better deity. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there is one within 30 feet of you. The other one is out yeah. of 30 feet. Okay, so it's, yeah, one yeah. one of them will definitely be heading in your direction unless somebody else, you know, attracts their attention. So you could use this ice cold point at the end of your turn. You spend the ice cold point. You bolster your resolve for the next attack, and then on the next attack that you receive, you get resistance to all non-magical, you know, piercing, but bludgeoning and slashing damage against you. Or you can use that ice cold point essentially to get that flurry of blows, right? So two additional unarmed strikes or moves. In your case, you can use the improvised weapons. I'm gonna use it. If he collects enough ice cold points, does he get to trade them in for ice cold beer? For a fighter jet, a uh, Harrier jet. <laughs> oh, oh, a jet. Oh, all right, well. Damn. <laughs> I was going for the basketball hoop, but you know what? I got my options. <laughs> okay, um, and since I can just use a, every time it's my turn, I can use as many points as I have. There's no reason I'm going to, on this turn, use it for defense. Next turn, I'll start my turn by using the one for multiple attacks. That's my turn. All right, the skeleton with the helmet, the rusted iron helmet, he's gonna start moving toward the rest of you. He moves through these spider webs. He doesn't get very far. You can see that he's standing next to what appears to be a workbench and a little forge or a smelter of some kind. That's as far as he gets. And then it's Wendell the Wombat's turn. Now you say that um, we can see that he's doing this, but I can't, right? You cannot. I can, can I smell that he's doing it? Nope. You can't smell what the skull is cooking? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I, I... I would say one thing that Wendell would notice is that the ground here is solid stone. Yeah, so he's not going to be able to do any digging particularly. Right. Hey, guys, I think we should stick to my plan of standing at the entrance and ambushing them. It seems like a great plan, doesn't it? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> Is this because you can't see? Uh, well, I mean, you know. Doesn't an ambush require that they haven't noticed us? <laughs> it's fine. Wendell's just going to send Croaky into combat. <laughs> All right. Croaky, attack. That was what the sound he was begging was for. He threw him off. Well, I, you know, I'm not going to take issue with, you know, the word choice here. I'm just saying we funneled him into one spot and never mind. It doesn't matter. I, I think you meant put him into a choke point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Choke point. That's the word I was looking for. I don't even know what, what? that means, but it sounds good. 
You want me to choke him out? I mean, they don't have like throats, so it might be hard, but I'll try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what, that's what choke point means, right? <laughs> do you want Croaky to dash to get as far as he possibly can, or do you just want him to move his movement and hold his action until one of them gets close? Yeah, just regular. Does he uh, act with me? Or does he have his own initiative? Yeah, he'll go on the the end of your turn. You get to put him in there. Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, I mean, I could light things up a little bit with a little flaming sphere or something. Or is there something that I could... Can I see anything in there? Or is it just pitch black? There's nothing I can it's even... It's dim light. It's dim, dim light. So you can see them moving around. But, you know, you can't see a lot of detail. Bunny, did he have a torch out or, or something? Or is he just running around in the dark in there? Because he can't it's, see. It's dim, it's dim light. Okay. Because, uh, you know, was there something that I could, like, light on fire with a firebolt? Oh, dude. Uh, shit, I should have catch one of my torches. spider webs on fire? Yeah, yeah, the ones he's walking through right now. Yeah, he is walking through the spider webs. I'm going to do it. Um, Should I leave my number and he can call me back? Damn it, I wanted to do it so bad. <laughs> 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 I, I did too. <laughs> Wee! Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do this damn firebolt. Nice. You send a firebolt zinging along, and unfortunately, with the dim light and the cover that he has around him, he's able to move around, and it's difficult to hit him. You barely miss him with the firebolt <gasps> as I'm, it goes screaming. I'm shooting it at the webs, though. At the webs? Yeah, yeah, the webs. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm not even aiming at the at the the skeleton. I just want to hit them webs. All right. Well, that's easy enough. And then leave. And then I'll leave a. That should leave a message. And then hopefully he won't call me back. <laughs> well, plus he ain't no hollow back skull. <laughs> there ain't no scala back girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The webs are flammable. And really, all you have to do is hit like a five foot area. And so the webs burst into flames around the skeleton with the helmet, yeah. causing some damage. 2d4. Sweet. Six points of damage to the skull. Oh, nice. Now he's illuminated. For, for Certainly for a moment. Yeah. Croaky. Sick him. All right. Croaky run makes a run for it. I don't know how far he can go. He can almost get to him. Bunny was a little closer than Croaky, so. Croaky finds his way in between some of the mine carts on these little tracks here. He's not far from the skeleton with the helmet, and we'll see what happens next turn for him. On the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want uh, Kuroki to hold his attack action in case one of them does get close to him? Yeah, definitely. Please. Okay. Kuroki, if they come near you, sick them. Good. Good boy. It's Clubhead's turn. Kuroki dokey. <laughs> uh, okay. Clubhead is going to kind of weave his way through these... Uh, Mine carts as well. And he's going to try to get like 
not within melee range of this guy, but he's going to be like 10 feet away from him. Totally possible. Okay, cool. So this skeleton with the helmet that's on fire. I mean, I'm sorry. Skeleton with the helmet that's on fire. Um, is now 10 feet away from Clubhead. And then Clubhead is going to activate his symbiotic entity as magic courses through all the spores and it forms this big, cool, protective suit of armor around him. Oh, shit. Uh, mushroom armor. That'll be his action. Then as a bonus action, he will shillelagh up his sewer stick and get ready for battle. Fantastic. I'm surprised he still has the same poop-covered sewer stick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a connection, you know? It's from home. It's a relic. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You'll, you'll get pink eye if you aren't careful. <laughs> All right. The other skeleton uh, is going to charge forward at Bunny Pain. He's using all of his movement. He's dashing as much as a skeleton can dash. So he can't attack you, but he does get right up in your face. And it is Silbeth's turn. All right. Do these skeletons look any different than the ones we met before as far as, like, do they seem more powerful or anything like that? Well, you've never fought against a skull skeleton. Uh, the skeletons you fought before were, you know, just kind of run-of-the-mill humanoid skeletons. These aren't glowing, and they don't have—they don't appear to have any special you know, visual components to them. But uh, okay. you know, one of them has a helmet. Yeah, one of them has a helmet. I guess, yeah, <laughs> I guess we just fought a skull—just a skull zombie, I guess. Yeah. Okay. About how far apart from each other? Uh, 20 feet. All right. Well, in that case, I'm just going to shoot a ray of frost at the one on the left. Raymond Frost coming up. That's right. Oh, these skeletons. I'm going to make them so cold. <laughs> uh, sometimes jokes don't land. I get it. <laughs> Tough crowd on a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed a little bit. I smiled. Hey, oh, uh, no respect. Oh. Sixteen. Hey. Okay, you launch this blue-white streak of freezing light at the skeleton, and it goes right between his arms, almost hits him, but it ends up slamming into the cauldron behind him and a frost grows on the side of the cauldron, which you can see because you have dark vision. <laughs> That's true. All right, so a 16 is a miss. Yes. All right. Maybe you should move away from me just in case you get cranky or something. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, what kind of comment was that? <laughs> I think Brad's going to take a level of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Here. All right, I'll move away from you. <laughs> I'm going to go over here. All right. All right, I'm done. That's the end of your turn. You move actually move over into some spider webs, the same spider webs that Bunny DePayne had uh, kind of stumbled through getting where he is. And that's when you notice that... Spiders <gasps> uh -oh. have 
crawled out of some cracks in two different spots huh. in the building, further way back in the back of the building, which maybe you can't see, but definitely see the ones that are right next to you. Oh no. What's the problem with you, spider? <laughs> so glad I started those other ones on fire then. Does Sylveth have a spider phobia? An arachnophobia? She doesn't. Ah, oh, dang. Yeah, she's jungle folk. She she grew up around spiders and snakes. Oh, so you're not gonna take a level of emotion. You're just you're fine with it. Yep. Alright. Okay. But they're probably gonna attack me. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's see. Did I get them both in the turner? I did. Okay. And I'm gonna descend this. We'll start. This is Round two, fight! Bunny to pain, the skeletal skull is right in front of you. Oh, that's a big tree to climb. I'm ice cold in double time. I slap myself in the face, and now I'm going to hit him four times with a pickaxe, because hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're chopping trees, baby. All right, here's the first one. So wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have your club seat. Oh, motherfucker! Yeah, what am I thinking? Oh gosh. All right. So with those spiders, because Silbeth's near me, right? Yeah. I'm assuming Silbeth would have been like, "Oh shit, there's spiders," because I might want to <laughs> spin a t uh, one of those four moves, uh, lighting my torch just in case said spiders are a problem. Yeah. Okay. That'll take an action to light your torch. And I have four actions, technically, right? With the ice cold I just did? Well, you have four attacks. Oh, I was under the assumption every attack was an action, essentially. I know that there is an order to it. Like, you, you get the second attack because you took the first attack. Okay. Yeah. Emery, do you have a better handle on uh, how... Because we used the monk as sort of your template. Yeah. So, like, lighting a torch is an action. But then you have the attack action, which when you take the attack action, you get to make a second attack as part of that action. And then as far as Flurry of Blows goes, uh, you have to take the attack action in order to even use Flurry of Blows, which is where you get your other two attacks. So lighting the torch would deny all four of those attacks from happening. Yeah. I knew there was a, a way to oh. explain it. I mean, no, he nailed the explanation for damn sure. All right. so. I guess we're going to find the shade and let the, the spiders I'm going to let Silbeth worry about. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's melee. He doesn't have a bonus to his AC. Oh, did, God damn it. Ooh, and with the club seed. Yeah, because, I mean, double axe handling the skeleton just seems silly. We club seed. Why mess with a classic? Ha! Rolling, 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 rolling. God, gosh darn biscuits. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Darn biscuits. You swing your first time with the club seat. Maybe you needed to stretch or something, but it just yeah. whiffs past his head. Oh, man. Mama always said there'd be days like this. But I'm coming back around, motherfucker. Oh, another 22. Let's go. Oh, Ooh. beautiful. You slam the club seat into the top of his head and just really ring his bell. That's bludgeoning damage, so we double that eight into a 16. Excellent Love work. To see it. Here it comes again. Does a 15 do it? He turns just as you're about to strike him and it hits his shell and bounces off of his shell. Oof. One more time, and this time I'm serious. Oh, a 23! Uh, 
Nice. Love to see it. Okay, and 10 bludgeoning turns into 20 bludgeoning as you slam this thing into him. This time you hit him in the shell, but you crack his shell. Oh yeah. Um, With my ability to see if someone's under 10 hit points or less, is he there? He's under 10 hit points. Okay, hell yes, perfect. Then that's my turn. Awesome. All right. The skeleton with the helmet, seeing that Clubhead is closest to him, is uh, gonna continue on. He only kind of flared up for you know a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just when the spider webs burned away. Well, so he's stepping forward to you. I'm gonna use my reaction as he uh, starts his turn within ten feet of me uh, to cause my halo of spores to get all up in his junk and try to jam up his skeletal joints. Yeah. Uh, he's got to make a constitution saving throw. All right. He steps into your halo of spores and rolls an 18 on oh. his con save. He resists the spores. Oh, he's a wise one, this guy. Uh, he's, he's constitutionally sound, I guess, would be a better way to put it. It's that damn helmet. Yeah, this must be something about that helmet. <laughs> Cheeky skeleton. <laughs> He steps forward, and without making a sound, he swings his great axe at you. <laughs> a 12? Oh, no. I dodge out of the way. Oh, you're wily. He swings it again on his oh. second attack. He gets a 20. I wasn't expecting that. That hits. All right. That is three slashing damage. Oh. Well, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. So... This uh, this great axe it connects with clubhead, but I have all these extra layers of mushrooms growing out of me that some of them go flying off, but he hasn't actually hurt me at all. Oh wow! Mm. Temporary hit points, baby, and soup later if you want to make some <laughs> from all the mushrooms. Oh, well, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Not for you, probably. <laughs> All right, this uh, skeleton with the helmet is done, uh, but the swarm of spiders further up into the building, it's agitated because its its web has been destroyed by something moving through it. So it's kind of moving around, doesn't really see anything in its nearby area, so that's all it does. Wendell the Wombat, you're up. Oh, excellent. Can I see the spiders that are over by Silbeth? You can't see the spiders, but you know there are spiders there because Silbeth saw that and made a comment about it. And do I think that uh, I'd light Silbeth up if I lit those webs on fire? Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you, you would. Uh, you 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 know that it's it's uh, not much damage. <laughs> it's just a little bit, and then the spiders they don't uh, they can't get around so easy. Or so you might think. I say, I say, Silbeth, should I light up the web? Um, no. <laughs> nah, bruh. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Well, I'm not going to be able to see, and I can't dig anywhere. Rats. No spiders. <laughs> yeah, rats, rats are later. Oh, That's right. Yeah, sorry. Oh, spiders. <laughs> Uh, I guess there's really not much Wendell can do except just direct Crokey into the fray. Crokey. Crokey, attack! Attack the skeleton! Take him down, buddy! Alright, he can have a, an unarmed strike, whatever kind of strike you want him to, to do. 
Um, right. This skeleton, he does move within 10 feet of Clubhead. Uh, is that something Clubhead has control yeah, over? Yeah, I get to use my reaction. Okay. Aaron, doesn't Wendell have, like, chill touch as a uh, yes. cantrip? You can do that. Yes. Yeah, you don't have to touch him for that. We've, we've been over this. Yeah. Can I do that if I can't see him? No, you can see him. It's just dim light. It's just and dim. he has... Yeah, and it's it's a ranged attack, so he'd he'd have a plus two on his AC against you. Okay, I think I'm actually going. It's worth a shot. I'm gonna go for the one that might be able to take out the other skeleton next to Bunny, because it seems like all right. Bunny seemed pretty excited about what was going on there, so <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do chill touch at uh, the skeleton scale over by Bunny Pain. I gotta save my wrestling partner. Oh, yeah, we got SummerSlam coming up soon. Ooh, 12. A 12 is not enough to hit the skeletal skull. But you do know that his shell has been split, so uh, he is lacking a lot of the armor from before. But still, 12 is not enough to hit him in his current state. Ah, all right. I did try. Nice try. Anything else for Wendell? Nope, just Croaky. All right, Croaky... Throw down on the skeleton with the helmet. Yeah, he's gonna. Uh, Croaky's gonna try to kick him, kick him right in the in the <laughs> tender spot in between his legs and the shell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of a zombie kicking anyone. <laughs> this, it's a special place, Crow Island. Croaky, kick him, kick him right in the center. He's got to do what I tell him. Yeah, you got to roll it, Aaron. He's a croaky from Muskogee. Oh, sorry. Uh, how do I <laughs> yeah. roll for croaky? You know, open up, open up his character sheet, and and, and there you go. He kind of sounded like Doctor Ian Malcolm there. You, you open up his character sheet, and there, and there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you open up his character sheet, and I'll make him kick in the balls. <laughs> can can you open his character sheet? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize this is so exciting. I can't believe I get Croaky's character sheet. This is cool. Just imagine if he had five zombies. Oh, five character Ooh, sheets. Oh, a nineteen bludgeoning <laughs> damage. Ooh. Yes, a nineteen hits. You tell Croaky to kick him in the junk. And he has no junk because he's a skeleton, but he kicks him right there in that special scoot, and there's a big crack that forms as he deals 10 points of bludgeoning damage because that five is doubled. Wow. Good job, Croaky. You hit him in the scoot. You hit him in the special scoot. <laughs> All right. Anything else for Wendell and Croaky? No, that'll do it. Croaky sounds like that grandpa from uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> the guy who's looking for his stogie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brother lives in Las Cruces. <laughs> <laughs> the, the swarm of spiders, which has been agitated by uh, all the movement through the web, goes toward Silbeth and attacks. Okay. Stop it, stupid spiders. Bites. 18 to hit. Oh. Mmm. That is a hit. That is six points of piercing damage as it's a swarm. So seven, eight, nine, you're not sure how many spiders bite you. And this is the first time you've taken damage in a combat in quite a while. I'm thinking you take another level of emotional uh, oh, yeah. char charge. Yeah. I'm like, what, what, what? 
So now we have, what, one, two, three, or four on our D20 will surge you. <laughs> Whoa. Five. <laughs> All right, you barely stifle the wild magic surge. Wow. And it is Clubhead's turn. Okay, my turn again. That means I get my reaction back, so I can activate my Halo Spores. Uh, but I only do that when it's my enemy's turns, basically. So, not gonna do that yet. Okay. But I will move a little bit over this side. I just kinda wanna get between these two. <laughs> you can get in between both of these skeletons okay. if you move there. Excellent. That's gonna hopefully make it so that these the swarm of spiders that's up here in the northern corner, they don't just like squeeze past me and like head over to Wendell or something like that. Sure, you're making a nice a nice little blockade. Yeah. And then I'm gonna go ahead and swing my shillelagh at, let's just go with Skeletal Skull, the one that's closest to being dead. And I think you said he's got a little bit lower AC, maybe, because his- uh, He does have a little bit lower AC than he used to because he's yeah. got a little bit less shell than he used to. Let's see if I can ah. use that to my advantage. And, oh, I only get a 13 to hit. Oh, man. You knock a, a little bit more shell off, but you don't do any damage to him. Oh, bother. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Winnie the uh -oh. Mushroom. Clubhead the Pooh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Clubby the Pooh. Oh, bother. <laughs> oh, it looks like I couldn't quite finish off Piglet. Oh, well, next turn. Uh, that's going to be it for me. All right. The skeletal skull that you just tried to finish off. Uh, oh, now I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do oh, the halo oh. spores. I do oh. it. He starts within ten feet. He gets it, baby. Yeah. Constitution saving yeah. throw. <laughs> Twenty. Oh my gosh. Wow. Sixty. Man. All right. No damage. He sees that, you know, you're obviously a threat to him as well as Bunny to Pain. You just hit him, so he turns and is going to try to attack you with his Warhammer. Ooh. He swings it with a natural one. <laughs> oh. uh, you know, his swing is off because he's missing some shell and that it throws his whole weight distribution off. <laughs> oh, yeah. His second attack, not much better. He rolled a nine. <laughs> oh. Well, we're the failure club, buddy. Ah, don't even worry about it, baby. <laughs> he doesn't respond. <laughs> okay, the uh, skeletal skull is just going to stay where he is. It is Silbeth's turn. Bunny Depain is on deck. All right. I was going to consider the interesting poetic justice of casting infestation on this swarm of spiders, <laughs> but I think since there was no poison damage when they bit me, they must be uh, susceptible to poison. So Ooh. I'm actually going to cast Poison Spray. Oh. My natural ability. Alright. They have to make a constitution saving throw as a swarm. Or take almost maximum damage. They rolled a 19. Oh. They succeed. Ah. And the puff of noxious gas that you project upon them doesn't hit any of them. Well, shoot. Or if it did hit them, it didn't affect them. 
I'm gonna need you to start right. rolling lower on these con saves. You guys, <laughs> your enemies are rocking like a plus yeah. one, plus zero to their con saves. Uh, yeah. All right. Fair enough. They do seem pretty focused on you now, though. <laughs> I'm gonna move. All right. They're gonna get an attack of opportunity. Sure. Unless you stay in their webs. Are you moving out of their webs? I am moving out of their webs. All right. They pretty much miss you. You brush them off as you get out of their web. All right. Awesome. Nice. I'm going over here. And since I don't have a grid up here, you know, move about as far as you estimate you can move in your turn. We're not being, like, real sticklers on that. Yeah. I'm going to move over here. I'm going to avoid going in this corner where there's probably more spiders. <laughs> okay. So you move, you move kind of over by where Wendell is, over by the front doors. Yeah. You know... Okay. I think he should probably be within a fireball range centered on me. So <laughs> Yeah, if you do have a surge and something horrible happens to you, it'll also happen to Wendell. That's good, good, good philosophy. What are you yeah. doing back over here? Yeah. <laughs> I had to run away from some spiders. Well, why don't you kill them? I tried. Yeah, it'll pretty much only hit Wendell and Crokey from what I can see here. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hiding. I'm hiding outside the entrance where I, where the, all the all of us should be right now. <laughs> where it's safe. You can't hide from fire. Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> While you guys are having this discussion, <laughs> by the way, does this discuss this discussion is not irritating Silbeth enough to warrant a surge? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one more round. <laughs> Wendell and Silbeth, I want you both to give me a perception check. Uh-uh. Womp womp. One. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Twenty. All right. So, Wendell, you're talking to Silbeth and kind of, you know, poking fun at her for running away from the spiders. Silbeth, though, you're pretty focused on what's going on, and you're looking at Wendell from, you know, inside this building... So you're kind of tuned in to what's happening outside of the building. And that's when you hear a loud clattering sound. You're not sure exactly where it's coming from, but it seems like it's coming from the area of the entrance of the mines. It's like a loud clattering, like as if a fool of a took had knocked something large and metallic into a well. Oh my. Oh me. Oh mercy. Hmm. Yes. Can I see the mine entrance? Hmm. From where you are, you cannot see much of the mine entrance. You can see a little bit of it. Okay. But you don't see anything. Okay. Quite yet. Does it sound mechanical? No, it literally sounds like somebody knocked something over. All right. But it was something loud, metallic, and clattery. Well, when I get the chance to, I'm, I think I'm going to step outside. Okay. And I say, Wendell, I think something's happening in the mine. Oh, oh no. I knew there was a reason I stayed out here. On solid ground. <laughs> Not as solid of ground as the cement inside there. <laughs> so, Silbeth, you kind of give Wendell a bit of a warning. Something, you heard something from behind him in the entrance of the mine. Yeah. And it is Bunny DePayne's turn. Oh, we're just getting right back to cracking this boy wide open. Oh, here we go. Some good news. Oh. Well, that was... <laughs> you swing your club seat uh, at him. What, whatever pieces of shell he's got left are enough to deflect the blow. Now, the question is, I'm wondering if I should use another ice cold point 
because I'm not sure what's coming. I mean, I still would have three left if I use another one, but I want him dead. But he only has less than 10. I'm just going to swing, and we'll see how I feel after this one. Come on, mama. Get okay. the real. Wait, that was the wrong thing. Ignore me. <laughs> you know what? You can use it. It's the same bonus, so you can use that 17. Oh, you know what? We're going to cook with it. Bam. It disappeared off my screen, so I'm not sure what it would double to, though. <laughs> well, you got a 17 on it. You hit him with the club seat, and his bones explode and shatter everywhere. Ooh, he nice. is no more. Nice. <laughs> now, the, uh, can I see if those are those spiders coming towards me that uh, Silva uh, ran off from? They're not really coming toward you yet, but you're the closest living thing to them. They might not leave their web. That's true. So, Silbeth and Wendell saw something, right? But I wouldn't know that, would I? Like, if there's something besides, because I was really like them on fighting that dude. I'm wondering, does it make sense for me to like run back towards the group? I think if he allows your perception check to have heard me say that to Wendell, that's the only way you'd know. Oh yeah, yeah. Give me a perception check. That's a good point, Brad. A twenty. Oh. You did hear Silbeth say something's coming. To Wendell. Okay. Or words to that extent. I heard a noise. Something's happening in the mine. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So um, I want to back up. I'm not going to... But I don't want to also leave Clubhead alone, especially since he hasn't been able to get a lot of hits in. Is he... Did the one that was had the helmet on go past me? Or did Clubhead go ahead of me? Clubhead moved kind of in between the two skulls. So you haven't moved, uh, but, but Clubhead did. Okay. Cause I don't want to ditch Clubhead, you know. We don't know dead party members, damn it. <laughs> you know what? I want to go up there. I'm a tough little nugget. <laughs> I want to. Oh, that's true. It's probably less squishy than my ass. Uh, I'm gonna stay where I am for one more turn. We'll see. We'll see after. Okay. Does Bunny have the ability, like a, a normal monk, to make an unarmed strike or a? Uh, uh, improvised weapon strike as a bonus action without spending any points? I... Yes. Oh, shit, so I could just chuck something at that skull right now? Sure. Oh! <laughs> don't mind if I don't mind. I want to send another pickaxe straight at his noggin. Da, da, da. Duck club head! Hands up! Oh. Apparently I'm a sonar now. Okay. Give me a 10. Wait, I want an extra 10. <laughs> 25! That's enough to do it as you chuck a pickaxe head at the other skull and hit him. And that seven damage turns into 14 damage. Nice. Bludgeoning. Nice. That was a good call, Emery. <laughs> yeah, so you get, your, you get your attack action, you get two attacks, then you get a bonus action you can use for your attack as well. Yeah. So like three attacks in a round, really. Essentially, yeah. If you don't use your bonus action for spending a nice gold point, right? It all requires you to make that attack action, though. So like you either yeah. combo out and do a bunch of attacks or you do like no attacks at all. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, you know, typical pro wrestler stuff. Yeah, yeah just like hit him with hit him with three shots in a <laughs> row and then and then you get beat. Anything else for Bunny? Uh, you know what? That's going to be it for me. I still got the defensive ice cold point. If something gets finicky, I'm good. All right. I'm going to put that skull on his back. 
And the skeleton with a helmet now, who has Crokey and Clubhead right next to him. Uh, he's going to attack Clubhead, of course. So yeah. does Clubhead do anything immediately with that information? Unfortunately, no? I already used my reaction this round, so I can't do anything to him. Okay. Skeleton with a helmet has a great axe that he swings at Clubhead. Uh, ineffectively. <laughs> it's so easy to dodge him. Yeah. He winds up again, though, and oh. with a 21, he hits you. Oh, it's that second strike, you know? I always yeah. don't expect it. He slashes uh, nine hit points worth of mushrooms off of you. Ouch. I'm only down to eight hit points worth of mushrooms now. <laughs> Holy shiitake. Yeah. All right. Uh, he's just going to stay right where he is. The swarm of spiders further into the building uh, decides all of this commotion could mean uh, food. So they start heading in your direction. They don't get very close to Clubhead, though, even though Clubhead is the closest one. It's Wendell the Wombat's turn. Wendell turns around to see what exactly is going down. Now, these doors, these big stone sliding doors are open a couple of meters, but it's really dark inside the mines. And if there is something that's moving around in there, you can't see it. Hmm. You could approach the doors and look in. No, that seems unnecessary. One <laughs> else just going to step in. Are you sure? Could... Could be uh, candy. <laughs> no, I'm just going to step inside the uh, doors there just for a second. And uh, I'm just going to try to burn all the spiders up. Okay. You'll miss out on all that sweet candy. All the, the candy <laughs> pouring out of the mine. Candy mine. That would be something. Big rock candy mountain. <laughs> That's right. All right. Firebolt to the web. Bam. 23. The web bursts into flame, and uh, your firebolt is actually so accurate that you're able to hit quite a few of the spiders with your fire as well. And, uh, you, you know, when the thing bursts into flames, it, it kills almost all of the spiders. Nice. Yeah. Don't worry, Silbeth, I handled it. Maybe you should go see if there's, like, candy or something coming out of the mine. <laughs> yeah, I kind of... Thought by warning you, you might go check it out yourself. Oh, I was trying to protect you from focused. the spiders. You seemed like you were afraid. Uh, never once did I declare that I was afraid of these spiders. Well, that's generally why people run away. But you know what? That's fine. You did the. <laughs> okay, now now you're now you're now you're annoying me. All right, I take a level of emotion. <laughs> All right, roll it up. Oh, oh, no. oh, that was that it. is a wild magic surge. You did it now, Wendell. Fireball, fireball. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> An ally that you can see may immediately teleport up to 30 feet. Oh. oh. Okay. Is anyone up there in any kind of trouble? Um, Not. Not currently. I mean, I'm not in trouble. If you wanted to teleport me behind that skull, maybe I could get some kind of like surprise wrestling attack next turn if that's possible. I also want to point out that I'm pretty sure you count as being your own ally. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Okay. I'm going to teleport outside. <laughs> okay. 
and like see if I can get an angle to the door that I can look in. Yeah, I think you can do that. I'm gonna move you uh, so that you have a kind of an angle there. There's not really like a hole that you can see through, but yeah. I am going to whisper to you what you see. Okay. I'm just going to tell you because you're just going to tell everybody else anyway. <laughs> Probably. So, Silbeth, you have a wild magic surge thanks to Wendell's good-natured ribbing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, you teleport yourself 30 feet outside the doors of this building, a little bit closer to the front doors of the mines, which are open. And you, because you have dark vision and because you're closer to those doors, you can see inside the mine. And that's where you see a lanky, greenish-gray troll appearing in the doorway of the building. His lanky body is stooped. He's large. He's covered with oozing pustules. His yellow eyes glaring at you as long strings of drool drop from his open maw and rotten fangs. He sees you, and he looks hungry. Hey, you guys, I was just talking to Silbeth, and Silbeth disappeared in front of my eyes. I, I don't know where she went. What? Ah! Sil! Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to yell, troll! Yeah, I know, Wendell's a troll, but like, you know, you just got to <laughs> deal with him, okay? You know, that's a part of his charm, you know? No, uh, uh, troll, 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 troll by the mines! And that is episode 47 of The Valley of Green Gold. This episode was transmuted into existence by our editing wizard, Elizabeth Parcells, the newest member of the Rated RPG podcast crew. As we've hit one year since embarking on The Valley of Green Gold adventure, I feel like we're getting better and better. And I hope you do too. If you if you want us to keep creating the Rated RPG podcast, please keep sharing it with the people that you think might enjoy it. I mean, hit them up at your local game store and spread the word on your uh, social media about the Valley of Green Gold. If you like listening to us play D&D, come and watch us play. A brand new monthly live stream adventure begins on Tuesday, January 30th at 7 p.m. Central Time. Our buddy Nick is Dungeon Master, and the five of us have brand new characters to uh, to show you and for you to meet. Go to RatedRPGPodcast.com. There is a link right there to take you to the Twitch live stream. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for making Rated RPG happen. Eli Chafin, Schmoopy, and the Misanthrope. The rations and adventuring gear you have supplied us are much appreciated. Many thanks to the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade. Members in good standing include Uglaset, Holly Summers, and the legend Shane Loves Games. All hail the GPB. Many thanks to Lord Deputy Chris Fail and our Dukes, Turtle and Crow, and the Wizard Weary. Some uh, cool random stuff popping up very soon from you. Uh, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. The good news is repairs are going well down at the docks in Merchant Harbor. There's a lot of rebuilding happening. Uh, some salvage work from the destroyed boats in the harbor. But the bad news is that Kate Slauson and Will Parker are dirty liars. They lied on their resume. They said they were master shipwrights, and they were not. And that explains why they were both crushed into a thick goo by the mast they were trying to nail on the ship they were working on. I am not a master shipwright, but I, I know you cannot use nails to nail a mast onto a ship. It's not going to work. 
So we have scraped Kate and Will into the bucket of friends because that's what you do with your friends when they get smushed. On behalf of everyone around Ye Old Gaming Table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG Podcast. That is one of my favorite oldie songs, though. Which one? Hey, Mr. Laggy Stream Man. <laughs> who sang that? Uh, it, it was uh, Bobby Discord. Oh, man. He was a great blues singer, too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.